Chapter 13 Bluffed Out Sarah stood next to Mead in front of the unconscious Russo. He nodded to Sarah, and she withdrew a med kit from her belt, opening it. She took out a tiny capsule and broke it in half, waving it underneath Russo's nose, who woke with a start. Welcome back, Mead said. Russo's eyes slowly came into focus and he began to struggle against the bonds holding him. Who? What? What happened? He glanced up to see Mead standing in front of him and laughed. You? Me, Mead confirmed. I'm glad I don't need to reintroduce myself. Easy to spot a walking, talking dead man, Russo sneered. Mead's eyes narrowed. You're certainly confident for a man in your position. Russo laughed. <laughs> you have no idea what you've begun. Kidnapping me changes nothing. You think I'll talk to you? He struggled against the cables binding him. Whatever you can think of to torture me with, I assure you, Laszlo would do much worse if I were to tell you anything. Yeah, but Laszlo's not here right now, though, is he? Mead said, the threat hanging between them. I don't know why you're getting so ornery. I haven't even asked you anything yet. You don't need to, Russo spat at Mead. I won't help. You will, Mead said, looming over Russo. Believe me, you will. Russo chuckled again, but this time his laugh was far less confident. I don't think... No, you don't think, Mead said lazily. He moved closer to Russo and stared into the fat man's eyes. I want to know why Laszlo attacked that ship. Russo didn't react. He only stared at Meade's face. I want to know what's so damn valuable on this data stream that's got everyone so motivated to capture me. Russo laughed. <laughs> and I want to know where Laszlo took my friend. Meade leaned down, inches away from the pockmarked face of Russo. His eyes narrowed as he stared into the man's soul. Would he truly do anything for his master? Russo shook his head, ignoring Meade's question. It's not enough that you stole from a warlord. Do you really think that anyone could get away with that without repercussions? I figured I'd get dinged if he caught on, but sicking the whole damn coalition security force after me? Meade drew back. That qualifies as an overreaction in my book. You know exactly what his plans are. Otherwise, you wouldn't have taken it, Russo snorted. Pathetic. Me dragged a chair over in front of Russo and sat down. He took his hat off and wiped his brow. It was hot in the warehouse. Hot in here, ain't it? Me commented. I seen worse, Russo said disdainfully. Haven't we all? Meade replied, his voice trailing off. He looked over at the workbench behind him. There, he spotted one of the thin, pencil-like port-a-weld devices that shipbuilders use to stitch together hard-to-reach welding points. He moved to pick it up, flipping it casually in his hand as he walked back towards Russo. Meade began to flick the ignition switch on and off. Each time a click echoed through the room, he was rewarded with a tiny and intensely hot blue flame. Russo shifted in his seat nervously while Meade stared at him, alternately flicking the device on and off. See now, I wish I could believe the Coalition was labeling me as some titan of the gap trade because I pissed off the wrong guy, but I tend to think a little bigger than that. 
Meade leaned forward and scooted his chair closer to Russo. And you know what? I believe you know exactly why I'm being framed. Laszlo clearly trusts you with his money and, and casino. I'm fairly certain that confidence extends to whatever other irons Laszlo has in the fire. Russo became visibly nervous and sweat began to pour down his brow. I don't... <laughs> Meade put a finger to Russo's lips to quiet his prisoner as he continued to click the portawelt on and off. Uh, see, Russo, my point is, I, I think you got all the answers I need, but you have some sort of misplaced loyalty to the man. I don't know how he bought that loyalty, through money or pain. Me glanced at Russo's face, who was still staring at the portaweld in Meade's hand. What are you going to do with that? Russo asked. Meade leaned even closer, holding the small flame just in front of the man's piggish eyes. Have you ever smelled burned flesh before? Meade asked. Russo shook his head quickly, his eyes wide. Uh, you see, in the Noctis Valley where I grew up, we had to learn how to be tough and quick. We grew up without the sort of luxuries that most of you second and third gen colonists take for granted. For his part, Russo could only stare at the portaweld Meade was fiddling with as he continued to speak. One time, though, my father did some work for a newly immigrated colonist who was only able to pay him with livestock. This was before the quarantine, you understand. Meade leaned back, smiling at the memory. Finest days of my life, that beef. Let me tell you, we had all the red meat we could sell and eat. It was the first time I'd ever eaten any protein besides that synthetic meat bullshit. Meade's voice lowered and he leaned forward again. One thing I'll never forget was how the meat smelled when we cooked it. I was young and couldn't believe anything in this world could smell so good or I'd ever smell anything so good again. You ever have barbecue? Meade asked. Russo shook his head. You ever get the chance? Meade smiled broadly, deep in the memory. Best, however, was the pig we roasted one night. That was some of the best real meat I'd ever eaten in my life. Russo coughed, still staring at the portaweld. Is there a point to your meanderings? Next day, after the pig roast, Meade continued, ignoring Russo's interruption. It got out to a few of the, uh, let's call them less than desirable citizens in Eblock that we had real meat. They came, looking to take it, and anything else of value we might have. My father, though, he was tough. I learned a lot from him. He did things to those men who came for our stuff. Things I, I had no idea my father was even capable of doing. Meade raised his head and looked into Russo's eyes. One of the raiders nearly got the drop on him there at the end, but my dad was quick. He was able to drop back in time and somehow ended up throwing that runabout into the fire. His flesh burned and I could smell it. I could smell that runabout's flesh peeling off his bones. God, that smell. Meade wiped his face and looked at Russo. It smelled exactly like that pig we roasted the night before. Meade stared at the portaweld's flame. I couldn't eat another piece of meat after that, he whispered. He bent forward and clutched Russo's face with one hand, placing the portaweld's flame an inch from the man's eye. I never want to smell burning flesh again, but I learned something from my father that day. And that's what you do whatever it takes to protect family. 
He knocked the chair onto its side with Russo still tied to it and stood above him holding the portaweb. Captain Tom Gonzalez is my family. Emmeline is my family. And I will do whatever I have to do to protect them, which includes setting your fat ass on fire and watching it roast all night. Now tell me why Laszlo ordered the attack on the Madeira. I don't know, Russo shrieked. The ship wasn't supposed to crash. It was supposed to be a smash and grab job. What's on the data stream? Meade demanded. Sarah rushed forward to grab his arm, but he pushed her off. What is so important that you have to ruin my life? I don't know, Russo blubbered, still staring at the portal weld in Meade's hand. I swear to you, I swear to you, I swear, I swear to you. Laszlo played this one incredibly close to the chest. He asked me to discreetly find some National Directive men for a job, and I did what he asked. He sent those men to steal something from the Madeira, and all I know is something went wrong up there. He didn't tell you what it was for? Meade asked, still holding the porta weld near the fat man's face. It's not smart to ask questions you don't want to know the answer to, Russo said desperately. I didn't even know about the attack on the Madeira until the crash was all over the wireless. You expect me to believe you didn't know what Laszlo wanted from the Madeira? I don't know, Russo pleaded. A few days after the crash, two men came into the casino with an entanglement drive for Laszlo, but he hustled them back into his private office before I could hear anything else. Meade shook his head. Yeah. I believe an enterprising fellow like you would have ways of finding out what was happening under his nose. Especially if his boss didn't want him to know what was going on. Russo's eyes started from left to right. Me grinned and looked at him. You know, Russo, the best part of being a poker player is being able to hone one's skills and knowing when someone's trying to bluff you. And you, my friend, are hiding something big. I want to know why Laszlo attacked the Madeira. And I want to know what's so goddamn valuable on this data stream. Russo was so pale, Meade began to worry that the man would pass out before he could get anything useful out of him. Suddenly, Russo sighed and grumbled a curse. I didn't catch that, Meade said. I said, you're a fucking asshole. Russo looked up with a dour expression. I have a way to listen into the man's office. Did you use it? Meade questioned, leaning forward. They were finally getting somewhere. Russo nodded. What'd you hear? Nothing too specific, Russo said, wincing. But that's because one of the men that came to see Laszlo was using a buzzkill. Buzzkill? Meade asked. Sarah perked up, looking interested. It's a dampening field, Sarah said. Coalition folk use it to prevent anyone listening in onto any conversations they want to keep private. It's a microwave transmitter that directs vocal audio into a... She stopped when she saw Meade's face go blank. Forget it. Meade turned back to Russo, his face dark. So you can't help me. He flicked the portal well back on. Russo screamed out in protest. Before the audio cut out, I heard them say the ambassador's body man died and wouldn't be able to be put in place. Meade shook his head. You're lying. No, I swear, Russo begged. You can see for yourself. I keep all my recordings on my cloud account. He jerked his neck and jutted his jaw towards his restrained forearm, on which his ornate armbar was mounted. Listen to it if you don't believe me. It's just a copy of the body man's armbar, I swear. 
Meade stood and picked Russo up off the ground, riding his chair for him. Russo's eyes widened. I... Uh, save it. I'm way ahead of you. He reached for Russo's armbar, and the man winced. Meade ignored him and looked at the complicated and showy armbar model Russo used. It was bulky, studded with diamonds, gold, and intricately carved silver impressions. Meade grunted when he pulled the glitzy device off of Russo's fleshy arm, examining it for a moment, and grinned when he found what he was looking for. He withdrew a shiny octagonal coder disc marked with a triangle in the middle from a slot deep inside the man's armbar and smiled. Russo's eyes widened. Meade stuck the DNA coder into his armbar, and it flashed as it accepted the new DNA coding and passwords. It immediately began to decrypt Laszlo's info dump, and reams of information began running down his armbar display. He whistled in amazement. Laszlo's making some pretty nice coin from his casino operation. Only because of my expert stewardship, Russo grumbled. I don't doubt that, Meade said honestly. He examined the data that was decoding on his armbar, and Sarah moved up behind him to look over his shoulder at the scrolling data. There's a copy of another armbar in here, but I can't read it. It's DNA coded too, but it's got a coalition signature. She stood. We can decrypt this. Coalition armbars all have backdoor access hacks. We'll just need your friend's server farm. Meade nodded. What about the rest? Eh, nothing but data on Laszlo's empire from what I see, Sarah said dejectedly. As she scanned through the file, however, her eyes brightened. Meade noticed her face change. The file that's encrypted? It's part of a second armbar image. You're talking about the ambassador's body man and his armbar data. No, this is different. That encrypted file is hiding something within the image file. She nodded, impressed. It's a good thing you didn't try to crack that file any longer than you did. The data is hidden within the main core. Had you kept trying to unlock it without Laszlo's DNA coder, we'd have lost the whole thing. She closed her armbar and shook her head. But we'll still need that server farm if we want to know what's on it. One thing at a time, Meade said. He turned back to Russo. So what's Laszlo up to? Russo's heaving chest slowed and he began to catch his breath. As he did, his courage appeared to return. I've told you all I know. Kill me if you want. Meade ignored him. Where is he holding Emmeline? Emmeline. She's that coos that runs the last ditch, right? <laughs> the gash was due for someone to take her down a peg or two. Russo grinned. Glad to hear she's finally getting her comeuppance. Meade had no idea that he was capable of feeling this much anger. After everything that had been building up for the few days, though, something within him broke. Threatening violence was not enough for this man. He threw the porterwell back onto the workbench and grabbed a large pair of shearing scissors that were used to cut metal siding and turned back toward Russo. The man scoffed at him. <laughs> you wouldn't dare. <laughs> he didn't say a word as he grabbed Russo's right index finger. Sarah stepped forward to protest, but he was too quick, snapping the scissors shut, severing Russo's finger clean through. Russo howled out in pain as Meade casually tossed the finger onto the filthy floor. God damn you, Meade! <laughs> Russo howled as tears fell from his eyes. Jim, Sarah said, horrified at his actions. What the fuck are you doing? Find an Emmeline, 
Meade said, his eyes boring a hole into Russo. I'll ask you again, you miserable piece of shit. You got nine more chances to tell me the truth. I'm telling you, I don't know anything, Russo said, pleading with him. Meade shrugged, and he grabbed Russo's hand once again, severing the middle finger as well. You're down to eight, Russo, Meade said calmly. Rule number ten. Show no mercy to those who deserve none. Actually, I take that back. You got a bonus round, but I doubt that you'll want to use it. Meade allowed his gaze to settle on Russo's crotch, and Russo whimpered. Still don't know where Emmeline is? Meade asked. All right. He moved to take another one of Russo's fingers when Sarah stopped him. You're better than this, Meade. Not when Emmeline's in trouble, I'm not, Meade replied. He moved to Russo's right ring finger, blood from the man's other missing digits running down his arm. Okay, okay, Russo screamed. Lancelot owns a warehouse. He keeps off the books down in D-Block. That's where he does all his wet work. I've never been there, but I can show you on a map. Show me, Meade said, opening up his armbar display to a map of New Plymouth. Russo leaned forward. Corner of Baker and Field. Right there. Third, third, third warehouse on the right. The display on Meade's armbar blinked, and it zoomed in on a dilapidated warehouse that was set apart from much of the main thoroughfare. Meade glanced at the image on the screen and back at Russo. You wouldn't be leading us into a trap now, would you? He didn't remove the scissors from Russo's ring finger. No, God, no, I swear, he begged. I just want, I just want. Meade nodded. All right, Russo. The fat man looked up, his eyes wide. You believe me? You believe me? I'll put it to you another way. If it turns out that you're lying, I won't start with the fingers next time you and I see each other, Meade said, lightly probing Russo's crotch with the scissors. I just, I don't. <laughs> Russo wheezed, and suddenly he passed out. Meade stepped up to the unconscious Russo and grabbed his face, drawing it up with his hand. Let's check out that warehouse before he wakes up, Sarah said quickly. No need, Meade said, dropping the jowly face. Oh, oh, sure enough, there's a warehouse. And I don't doubt Laszlo might have used it once or twice to make people bleed. But there's no way in hell Piggy gave us Laszlo's real location. He only told me whatever he thought it'd take for me to stop torturing him, Meade said. Best idea we got is to beat the dust out of this place and follow Russo where he goes. I guarantee you he'll head straight for Laszlo's real location once we're done here. Sarah's eyes widened and she shook her head. You're a hard man, Jim Meade. Keeps me alive more often than not, Meade replied. Come on, we can't be here when he wakes up. Loosen those bonds up a little bit so we can get out, though. Sarah nodded and untied some of the knots securing Russo to the chair to make it easier for the man to slip away once he came to. Meade took a small device from the side of his armbar and attached it carefully underneath Russo's collar. The tracking bug was tiny, but powerful. They'd be able to track Russo wherever he went in New Plymouth. Meade removed the DNA coder chip from his armbar and stuck it back into his pocket. He turned to Sarah. Let's go. As they moved toward the door, Meade glanced back at their handiwork. Russo sat in the chair, slumped over, blood dripping down from his right hand. He wasn't proud of torturing the fat little prick, but when a man was pushed, he did whatever was necessary. And Emmeline was more than a friend. She was family. 
and Laszlo was going to regret screwing with his family. 